Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT. 1110. You can also email me, Pete, at thepetecalendarshow.com. Also, hit me up on the Twitter machine. I'm at Pete Callender. Yes, I will spell that for you. K-A-L-I-N-E-R. Oh, yeah, P-E-T-E. Right, okay. Well, in case you needed both. <clears throat> so the name of the book is called Peril. Bob Woodward, Robert Costa joined together to write this thing, and I, I do feel the need to point this out. Stephen Miller, he's a writer at The Spectator. He says, nothing beats the genre of, we were so perilously close to the end of the Republic that we had to sit on all these stories for our coming bestseller, which is out next week. Right? <laughs> this is one of the things. One of the things that always drives me nuts about journalists that get access in exchange for silence until after an election. This has become normal. This is status quo type of deal making that reporters that are out there covering a campaign for their audience. Like, th- so think about it, right? WBT, let's say they hire me and they're like, Pete, you're going to be our campaign reporter. We want you to follow the campaign of. All right. Well, I'm not. I, we'll call it Joe Smith. Some. Some just some candidate. So I'm out on the campaign trail and I'm seeing all this stuff and I cut a side deal with the knowledge of the corporate uh, boss with WBT's blessing, which is that I will get access and I will keep certain things secret on the campaign trail that I won't report them for the news organization that is paying me to be out on the trail. I won't report some of this stuff. I will use it later when I write a book. And I will keep all of that money. Meanwhile, WBT doesn't get any of the information. But more importantly than that, more importantly, the voters don't. The voters don't. What? Oh, sorry. Um, The people who are supposed to be informing constituents and voters that, hey, you know, General Milley and Nancy Pelosi are working together to keep Trump from uh, launching nuclear weapons because Nancy Pelosi is insane. See, like, that's the, like, my takeaway from this is not the same as apparently, like, a lot of other people. Like, I read this story and I say, wow, Nancy Pelosi is nuts. She, she thought Donald Trump was going to launch a nuclear weapon. And then it's like, wow, General Milley, too. Wow, that's, that's interesting. But I will say this in Milley's defense, well, defense, as by way of explanation, let's say. There were three things that motivated him that, that the book says triggered uh, uh, his decision was triggered by three important events. Number one, the phone call from Pelosi two, a photo op and three, a refusal to rule out war with Iran, not China. <laughs> so, all right. So the immediate motivation was the call from Pelosi who asked what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from initiating military hostilities And Milley assured her that there were lots of checks in the system. The call transcript obtained by the authors show Pelosi telling Milley, uh, quote, he's crazy. You know, he's crazy. He's crazy. And what he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness. And Milley said, I agree with you on everything. Milley's resolve was deepened by the events of June 1, 2020, when he felt that Trump had used him as a part of a photo op 
in the walk across Lafayette Square during the protests that began after the killing of George Floyd. The chairman came to see his role as ensuring that, quote, we're not going to turn our guns on the American people and we're not going to have a wag the dog scenario overseas. Really? This is what you thought was going to you like this was the these were the fever dreams of Blue Anon, and he has bought in. This is the problem when everyone in the D.C. bubble thinks the same when the reporters in the media. This is this was the conventional wisdom. This is what they all thought was totally going to happen. Donald Trump is going to turn all the weaponry on the peaceful protesters burning the churches. Trump's posture, not just to China, but also to Iran, tested that promise. In discussions about Iran's nuclear program, Trump declined to rule out striking the country, at times even displaying curiosity about the prospect. Haspel, the CIA director, was so alarmed after a meeting in November that she called Milley to say, this is a highly dangerous situation. We are going to lash out for his ego. Now, see, this is where Trump bears responsibility for this as well, in that the dude has a very, very fragile ego. He does. Look, I work in media. We're surrounded by fragile egos (laughs) in media, as as, uh, as well as politics. It's true. Like, you got to develop a thick skin, and Trump never did that because Trump wasn't a politician, right? Trump wanted to be loved. You can go back to through his, you know, family upbringing and his relationship with his dad if you want to, but I'm not here to psychoanalyze a former president. I'm simply stating that this part is true and that when he behaves the way he behaves and lashing out, the, the classic quote from Trump was actually something that he told, uh, I think it was Megyn Kelly in an interview that, uh, you know, why does, I think it was their makeup interview after they got in the fight, remember? And then, uh, then he sat down with her and they tried to, they, they tried to make nice. Um, and he said that he, he gets wounded by people who attack him and then he lashes out. He fights back. He hits back at them in an effort to his words, unwound himself, unwound himself. Which is not possible. You cannot unwound anything. Think about it logically, right? I just thought it was a really interesting word that he used, and it's a it's a it's a a thought that he has had. Obviously, an approach that he uses. In other words, I'm going to make myself feel better by hurting somebody else because they hurt me. He called it unwounding, but you you can't un, once you're wounded like you get wounded. Now you can heal. But you're not unwounded, right? It, it has occurred. You can't go back and stop that from happening. And to think that hurting somebody else will make you heal, like that's an interesting concept. I'm, I, mean, I think that's called vengeance, revenge, right? Um, but this was one of the things that people loved about him. He fights, right? So, yes, his ego did play a role in this. He is part of, he does bear responsibility for the way people treat him. People react to him. Now, that's not to say that Nancy Pelosi is not, you know, motivated by her bias She abs- and insanity. She absolutely is. Absolutely. The fact that she thinks that this is a legitimate possibility, and Millie as well, that everybody, they all get, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, remember? They they go so far down. It's like it's a neurosis. It, it I mean it really is. Like they're 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 spinning 
these scenarios in their heads and they become real in their own minds. And then they react based on the fables that they have constructed. And then they blame the guy for his role in the fabulism, even though it didn't actually occur. Right. Like this was I mean, this was the Trump era. And again, he bears responsibility, but this was also blue and on. Now, I'm not sure if uh, Boomer Von Cannon uh, has a bunch of conspiracy theories about traffic, but he never lets on that he does, so I trust his report. I like your great car theory. That's my favorite. That is, see, now that's it's not a conspiracy a, theory. That's not. It's, it's, it's not a theory. No, no. For folks, who, for folks who aren't aware, I told Boomer about the great car uh, code yesterday, yes. which is anybody who gets a great car apparently belongs uh, uh, to a code. They adhere to a code, which is that when it starts raining... And as it's raining, you do not turn your lights on. You are a camouflaged vehicle, and so you should not be turning your lights on to help other people see you in the rain. And Boomer pointed out as well at dusk and dawn. Oh, yes. Right Right. when the sun sets and it's dark, here comes that car with no lights on. It's normally gray or silver. Yeah, it's a gray gray car. That's why it's got to be a code. And by the way, now that you you have heard me say this, you will recognize it all the time. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, The Pete Callender Show. Here's an email from Joseph, who wrote to Pete at The Pete Callender Show. Millie is indicative of the incestuous relationship between the military brass, globalist politicians, the defense industry, and the media. If you're serving, you're culpable. Get out. Discourage others from enlisting. Quit venerating service for an entity that essentially is the power behind those who hate you. Let the dorm room commie LARPers die in the desert to dis, uh, to secure Huawei's rare earth mineral prospects. There's a lot jammed into that sentence. <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph. I appreciate the email. Let's jump over here to Jimmy on the phone lines. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey there. Hey, Happy. what's up? Uh, you, you know, everything... That they accused Trump and members of his administration of doing, they are doing. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> uh, you know, Trump's crazy. He, he's mental. Or uh, he talked to the, uh, the uh, you know, the Ukrainian guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Flynn talked to the Russian. And, you know, it, all of that stuff that they accused them of <laughs> They're doing it themselves. Right. This is part of the reason why you have, uh, I I forget who the author was, but there was uh, a book, I think it was called The Tyranny of Laws. And it was essentially an argument that we have created so many laws that you're basically breaking one of them at any given time. And the purpose, uh, the nefarious purpose, is to create so many laws that now um, somebody, all they have to do is find the person that they want to target and the charges will uh, will become clear, right? It doesn't matter who the person is. There, If everybody is always breaking some rule, then you'll be able to prosecute anybody you want. All you need to do is select the target. And it, it seems to me like that's where we are with this stuff because the things, like like you said, the things that they're accusing Trump of doing, they do as well, but they just don't want to be prosecuted for it the same way they prosecuted Trump for it. It's... 
uh, you know, and like I think uh, I saw today, like their excuse is, well, there were a bunch of people in the meeting when General Milley was going around and saying these things and, you know, calling uh, China. There were like 15 people in the room. And it's like, well, that that's not justification for the call. That just means more people are guilty. Right. I mean, either the act is appropriate or it's not. And I don't think it was. Yeah, but this is also the reason, you know, the Democrats want Trump gone and the rhinos want him gone. But this is the reason why people won't let him go is because they see the unfairness. And so, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of a, you know, a pushback. Yeah, he's, uh, it's like, uh, I can't quit you, Brokeback Mountain. You know, that's what this is. This is everybody. Everybody loves him for their own reason. People that love him because he fights or they voted for him, they support him. Obviously, you know, they love him. But then you got people that just love to hate him. They don't know how else to behave. This is why when I say Trump broke so many people, this is what I'm talking about. Like people cannot think of anything outside of the lens of Donald Trump. It all has to be through him. You have people that are still writing anti-Trump columns in major newspapers. I don't understand it, but they are. And like, well, he could run again. Like, I guess he could run. But you know what would inspire him to run would like be you constantly talking about him and giving him this idea that, hey, maybe he could make a return. Right. Like if you keep promoting him in your pieces, you're going to create the thing you say you don't want, which I think is what they initially did anyway. So, uh, Jimmy, I do appreciate the call. Let me bounce over here to Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, Pete. How's it going? All right, man. What's up? Uh, It's just a lot of Trump talk on the show. I think we all understand you don't care for him, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people do. Yeah, I don't care one way or the other. I'm just wondering, there's so much to talk about now, how he's still so pervasive in our conversations every day. So what was the topic? That we've been covering. Trump. You think this topic has been about Trump? Trump, Trump, Trump. Wait, you think the topic for the last hour and a half has been Trump? Well, there's been other things, too, Pete, obviously. Okay, well, take a stab. Brian, take a a stab at that. Take a stab at that. What what do you think the other topic was? Yeah, we talked about Millie. Right. We've talked about some other things, too. I mean, I haven't dedicated every second of the last hour and a half to listening to but well you it sounded like you did because you said the whole show well brian you said the whole show was about trump so it sounded like you had been listening to the whole show that's why i asked so how many shows have you done the last this just this week where trump hasn't come up in your show i i don't know i don't track it none but how many times did biden come up how many times did biden come up yeah don't know don't track it yeah so so what's your point The point is, you know, let's move on. To what? You know, to you General Milley? I mean, could it, be, is, could it be, hang on, uh, Brian, could it be that General Milley did something while employed by Trump, and so Trump is actually just sort of an ancillary character in the story? Because that's actually the truth. Now, I don't know what kind of hypersensitivity you're displaying here about the mention <laughs> of Trump. Well, but, no, I mean, seriously, like, I, I actually make a point not look, to do hey, not to do shows about Donald Trump because I don't let please, him dictate look, my You're the one that brought up the conversation he had with Megyn Kelly years ago, not me. Yeah. Oh, is that? Uh, so are you? Before you start. Oh, wait, hang on a second. So are you mad? Are you mad that I are you mad that I brought that in? I'm just saying, hey, 
you know, maybe we don't have to talk about him every show that you have. I don't talk you know? about him every show that I have. I literally did an entire show yesterday about redistricting. I don't think he came up then. But you don't listen to the whole show. Oh, you do listen to the whole show. Oh, matter of fact. How did he come up? What, so, what did we say? Uh, it doesn't. It comes into everything uh, every show we do. Well, what, how, no, I, I'm asking. For, I'm asking for the example. Page. What was the example, Brian? Dan Tut. Huh? Pete, I don't write down examples to your show. Why I don't not? Wait a minute. Show. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I, I want to be but, clear about this. I, I'm going to put you on hold, Brian. I want to be clear. Your allegation is that I make the sh- every show about him in some way, shape, or form. And when I asked you for a specific of yesterday's show. You don't have an example, but you say it did occur, which is kind of, what's the word for it? Asinine? All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Um, let me go back over here to Brian, who uh, asked to... Uh, I guess uh, Brian didn't want to stay on the line and defend his dumbassery. That's okay. I can continue to dismantle it. Um, I don't need him. Uh, the uh, Because here's the, the funny thing is, and he's obviously not aware of this, but every single day, my producer, Ryan, puts together a TikTok, if you will, of everything I talk about. It's kind of weird. It's kind of creepy. Like, gosh, man, you're listening to everything I say. But it's true. He does. He's got a whole list here. It's not like it's my job or anything. Eh, Whatever. Um, 12.06. Pete on someone other than Ella Scarborough possibly voting for Dina DiOrio's pay raise last week. This was the topic I started the show with. Pete on legacy voting. 12.20. 12.36. Pete on gerrymandering of Charlotte. 12.45. Pete on the future of Charlotte if redistricting goes down. 1 o'clock. 1.06. Pete takes a call saying that Pete should invite all the city council members on his show every day. 120, Pete takes a call from a past city council candidate. 136, Pete on Charlotte redistricting. 149, Pete on the future of Tark Bakari's seat on the city council. 2 o'clock, Pete had a guest. Tim Moore, the Speaker of the North Carolina House. 220, Pete on the Reuters story saying that Minneapolis police retreated after the death of George Floyd. 232, Pete on the Reuters story saying that Minneapolis police retreated after the death of George Floyd. And then 249, last segment of the show, Pete on the passing of Norm MacDonald. So uh, it's okay, Brian. You don't need to track everything that I say because my producer already does. And that's how I know what was on the show yesterday because I don't even listen to myself when I'm talking. So I don't expect you to, Brian. But if you're going to assert a premise... I'm going to ask for you to have some bit of evidence to back it up. Now, what I suspect happened is that Brian got a little hurt when I made the reference to uh, uh, Donald Trump and his interview with uh, Megyn Kelly. I suspect that's that's what tripped his trigger because it's the thing that he first mentioned when asked. It's usually that's a tell, by the way, in interviews just over the course of, you know, my career doing interviews with people, generally speaking, when you are going back and forth with them, if it turns kind of hostile, like Brian obviously uh, was, then um, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine, you know, having that kind of a, a discourse with somebody. But it's it usually occurs because when you start into the argument, you know, your brain starts racing and you're especially like in a public format, you know, people are listening, you're on the radio and 
So you start thinking of, of things, but you also get sort of a, a narrowing of, of thought. You get, uh, it's like tunnel vision. And so when I asked for an example, the first thing he comes off with for today's show, what he mentions the, uh, he mentioned the, the unwounding comment, the interview with Megyn Kelly. And that's the first thing he thought of. So that tells me that's what's top of mind for him, for whatever reason. I don't know the reason. But I could take an educated guess and suspect that Brian was a big Trump fan, is a big Trump fan, and doesn't like me not being a big Trump fan. Although he said he's totally fine with me not being a Trump fan. But then he says essentially that I make every show about Donald Trump, which, of course, right now I'm not. Just to be clear, this segment right now is not about Donald Trump. Just to want to be clear about that. This segment is about Brian, just like the rest of the show was about General Milley and when I mentioned that Donald Trump bears some responsibility because of his ego, that's still not making the show about Donald Trump. It's noting that there is some responsibility there for the response that Millie had. But by and large, the responsibility is on Millie, right? That's the point. And that's been the point. The entire hour and a half, we've been covering this in depth because... It's kind of important when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says he's going to go around the president on a nuclear launch sequence. And he's going to alert our adversaries if there's going to be an imminent attack. That's kind of a big deal. And it doesn't matter who the president is. Now, I mentioned Donald Trump in the telling of this tale because Donald Trump happened to be the freaking president at the time. And there are circumstances that are important to understand the context. That's not making the show about Donald Trump. This show has been about General Milley. And this segment has been about Brian, lest there be any confusion. Now, he was free to stick around and defend himself from his asinine assertion, but he chose not to. And I understand why. I can understand why. It's, you know, you say stupid things and, you know, they become difficult to defend. So... Um, hang on a second. I had a, uh, oh, here it is. This is from RB pundit on the Twitter machine. He used to write his, his name is Ryan also, but he used to be a writer, uh, for, uh, conservative, uh, websites. And he says that Millie and apparently others were acting on the insane ramblings of people like Jennifer Rubin and Tom Nichols and other assorted grifters. Like that's the point, man. That's the point that you had this ecosystem, this bubble of thought that believed Donald Trump was insane and he was going to do all of these things. And so we had to act even more insane. That's the point. Basically, there are people in the military and uh, the intelligence community right now in Washington who believed that some random tweet by uh, Donald Trump would have started World War Three. Like Donald Trump was going to take us into World War III. They really believed it to the point where they literally called China to tell them, don't worry, we're, we're in control, not the president. That's how deluded by the Blue Anon nuttery these people became. It's a great point. Um, somebody named Shane Style says on the Twitter machine that ordering a strike on Qasem Soleimani didn't start a war, but yet somehow... They thought a tweet would. Right. We took out the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. Like, if that didn't start a war with Iran, 
then I'm pretty sure. I mean, oh, the other thing, too, is Trump was not a war hawk. Trump was not a guy who was like, uh, you know, he wasn't a neocon, right? <laughs> he was the one that Biden's blaming for getting us out of Afghanistan while taking credit for getting us out of Afghanistan, right? Like These people, they're the crazy ones. Oh, and by the way, all that talk of the deep state being all in the minds of, uh, of the, the QAnon, you know, nuts and stuff. How do you square this? What am I supposed to do with this information? You guys are actively trying to govern contrary to the president. What am I supposed to make of that? So the last part of this, um, uh, this excerpt from this book by Woodward and Costa called Peril um, is about uh, why Millie uh, did this. He said the first was the phone call from Nancy Pelosi. Um, So that was the phone call. There was a photo op and a refusal to rule out war. So Millie's resolve was deepened by the events of June 1, 2020, when he felt Trump used him as part of a photo op on that walk to the church. That's the second thing. Then the last thing is the failure to rule out uh, war in Iran. Trump's posture, not just to China, but also to Iran, tested that promise uh, in discussions about Iran's nuclear program, Trump declined to rule out striking the country. At times, even displaying curiosity about the prospect. <gasps> no. He was curious about what exactly that might look like. It's almost as if he wasn't, I don't know, steeped in politics and foreign policy for most of his life. It's almost like he had no experience as a politician, as an elected official, as a foreign policy expert. And so he's asking questions, and you guys are like, oh, my God, he's asking questions about nuclear war in Iran. Oh, my God, he's going to take us to war. Guys, calm down. He's the one saying we, we don't need to be all over the Middle East. And if Iran is spinning up some nuclear centrifuges and trying to enrich uranium and trying to build the bomb, and we're like, we're totally going to take it out if we have to, he might want to know what that looks like. Totally appropriate. It's unbelievable. Um. There's a, a piece here related by Frank Mile or Miel, Mail, Miel. How do you pronounce it? M-I-E-L-E. Mail. Anyway, he's a columnist at Real Clear Politics, wrote a piece called The Media's Shameless Shielding of Joe Biden. Media had to bear some responsibility for the disgraceful withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan. Reporters had the facts weeks before the August 31st deadline, and they refused to pursue them, presumably out of concern that hard questioning would make the Biden administration look bad. And it got me thinking, just how much does the media's explicit bias against conservatives skew the public conversation on which the entire success of democracy depends? The current disaster in Afghanistan is a good place to start. A lot of mainstream reporting has covered up for Biden's policy failures, paying little attention to the Americans left behind in the country or minimizing the risk to them. News outlets have made a conscious choice to turn away from the fallen heroes who died in Kabul and the suffering of their grieving families. Take the case of Shana Chappell. She is the gold star mother of Marine Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, who died in the suicide bombing at the Kabul airport. After meeting Biden during the transfer of her son's remains at Dover Air Force Base, she went on to Facebook and talked about how she went up to Biden, uh, calls him in the Facebook post a POS. He's a coward. Um, 
And uh, she says that after uh, she lays him to rest, uh, she will be leaving California in her car and head to the White House. She's going to go there to demand that the traitor P.O.S. Biden resign and take his whole corrupt administration with him. And the idea of a gold star mother confronting a president, for folks who may not remember, I certainly do, I'm old enough to remember, uh, remember, Cindy Sheehan. Cindy Sheehan. Yeah, she had the media spotlight on her when she became an outspoken critic of the Iraq War and the presidency of George W. Bush. And she camped out in front of his house down in Texas, Camp Sheehan, remember? Because her son Casey had died in the Iraq War. And so she demanded a one-on-one with the president. And the media treated her like a celebrity. By comparison, this mom barely noticed at all by the mainstream media uh, when she was accused or when she accused Biden of killing her son. Her social media accounts were temporarily blocked. And if you watch CNN or MSNBC, you'd hardly even know she existed. Um, How about Gold Star Fathers? They don't get any better treatment. Unlike Kaiser Khan, remember him? He got lionized by the press when he appeared at the 2016 Democratic Convention. Remember that? Yeah. How about Gold Star Fathers Darren Hoover and Mark Schmitz? They accused Biden of disrespecting their sons during the ceremony at Dover Air Force Base because he checked his watch every time a flag-draped coffin was taken off of the C-17. USA Today tried to do a fact-check and concluded that, oh, those gold star dads, they're lying. It's, quote, partly false and misleading because Biden only checked his watch after the ceremony was over. That was actually not true. Footage shows the president looking at his watch multiple times during the transfer. uh, Equally insulting, writes Miel, was the fact that USA Today, after they got criticized, they changed its fake fact check to missing context on the grounds that when Biden wasn't being disrespectful, he was actually doing a pretty good job of looking like he cared. Of course, most of the media couldn't be bothered to cover this incident at all. To do so would raise questions about the character of their beloved president, the healer-in-chief. So is all this trivial or not? It's not. Our information-drenched society receives its cues from the raised eyebrows and outraged tones in the voices of Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon. And if they and others like them don't talk about it, then it never happened. Or it's a right-wing conspiracy theory. Whether it's election fraud, coronavirus cures, Marxist infiltration of our social institutions, the media elites are the gatekeepers who determine what will be taken seriously, what will be dismissed, all with a smug laugh. See, and that's why the Millie story is important. And by the way, that last story wasn't about former President George W. Bush. He was just mentioned. 